If you want to retire early, you have to look at Social Security a lot differently, and here's why. Social Security is based on your 35 highest years of earnings. So hypothetically, if you retire at 55 and you work at 20, that's when you begin your earnings, it's pretty simple. You work at 20, you retire at 55, there you go. You got your 35 highest years of earnings. Don't have to worry about it. But a lot of you are going, hey, we're considering a, an early retirement and, you know, real earnings didn't start for us until 23, 24, maybe even 25. And we want to retire at 50 or 55. And so if I start working at 25 and I stop working at 55, well, I've only got 30 years of earnings. So how does my social security benefit change if I've got five big zeros there? So if you're going to go do some planning projections on your end, Social Security, when you look at your statement, it's going to assume you're just continuing to work. So that benefit number that you see there, it's not entirely accurate. Now, don't freak out because it doesn't get impacted, I think, to the degree that you think it does. It's still a difference. I'm going to explain it today through an example, but I don't want you worrying about it to the degree of, hey, should I just keep working two or three years just for this Social Security benefit? Okay. So let's work through an example. Um, I have a quick review of the week, and then we are going to, of course, hop in in this review, I'm just pulling up on my phone right now. I know a lot of you are watching on YouTube and a lot of you are, of course, um, just taking this in on iTunes. So wherever you are um, gathering this information is good with me. It'll always continue to get posted on both. That's a question I'm often asked. Um, this one comes from Terry Shea, um, S-H-A-Y, who says, lovely show, I'm excited every single week and more excited when you post on a Friday in addition to your Monday episode. Thanks for all your help, especially on the tax and estate planning. You're very welcome. And I love doing what I do. Now, all of you know this by now, but I want to make sure that you retire with total confidence with none of that head trash and that thing in the back of your head going, hey, am I not going to be okay if markets do this? Or if, for example, my withdrawal strategy doesn't become effective, if, if I'm taking too much out, all that is head trash. And so having a good plan that lets you sleep at night, lets your spouse sleep at night, make sure that you are optimizing and that your children are getting optimized as well. That's why we love what we do. So with that being said, let's hop in. I've got a few fun examples. I'm just going to go right into it um, because this is important. So specifically with Social Security, it looks at your 35 highest years of earnings. And I'm going to pull up a quick study that I did. And I essentially wanted to know, let's assume that you collected $100,000 a year every single year for 35 years. Your full retirement age benefit um, at 67, assuming this example, would be $2,893 versus if you collected $100,000 a year for 30 years, so five fewer years, the benefit would be $2,685. That's just full retirement age. So the gap continues to widen if we're collecting at 70 and it's less wide, of course, at shorten, of course, at 62. So in this example, let's just call it about $208 difference there from deciding 35 years versus 30 years. Is it significant? Yes. Um, because $200 really, you know, every single month over the course of the year, you go, okay, $2,400 a year. And, you know, you compound that over many, many years. Some people would say, oh, that's just free money I'm leaving out on. I don't look at it that way. It's the same way people say, hey, you know, there's a huge tax you know, burden to living in California. I go, you're right, there is. I love the weather and I love that my family's here. And so, yeah, I am overpaying in taxes. That's how I feel. And I'm happy to do it because of X, Y, Z. Some people go, hey, I just can't live with it. I cannot live with the tax rates. It doesn't work with me. Politics are a whole other story but I want out. It's like, great. That, then that's what's most important to you. So there's no right or wrong to this. I just want to make sure that you all are understanding that you don't want to simply go, okay, I, I know I can you know, maximize my social security benefit by working 35 more years. So yeah, I'm miserable right now and I'm not in good health, but I'm going to work two more years because I want to maximize my social security benefit. 
Uh, don't do that. Okay. So not that you are, but just want to make sure we're out of the way there. Um, next thing I want to talk about is how credits work. So how do you become eligible for credits? Um, you need at least 40 credits. So 40 credits means you're eligible for social security. Um, and in 2024 specifically, um, you must earn $1,730 to get one social security work credit, and you can get a maximum of four in a single year. So 6920 is to get maximum four credits. So some people come to me and they're like, hey, I don't want to do nothing in retirement. I just want, I don't know what I want to do yet. Like, how should I fulfill my time? And they're saying, should I volunteer? Should I do part-time work? If they're considering part-time work, I'll say, hey, if the truth is you have a lot of zeros already in your social security earnings record, and you're going to even bring in, let's call it $7,000 a year, it, it does make a difference. So it is worth not just working for work's sake, but it's worth at least considering with an early retirement, maybe going and finding a job that pays not like 100000 a year, so you can still go actually do what you want to do, but actually saying, hey, I, I don't need 100000 a year just to make uh, a little bit of a dent on my social security earnings record. You just need to make up to 6920 to get the maximum for credits. Now, once again, social security benefits looks at your 35 highest years of earnings. And if you don't have those earnings, it's a zero. So it, it completely depends, of course, on level of earnings and years, but really for a social security early analysis that I want you to consider, it's quite simple, which is it depends how early you are retiring, but let's assume it's 24 months early. Take that 24 months, and I'm doing it with you on my calculator right now. Take that 24 months, divide that by 120, and that's 20%. So 24 months, so one month, uh, 12 months in a year, of course, two years, that's 24 months, divide that by 120. And that's the the percentage that's going to get reduced of your social security benefit. So if you're retiring, let's say three years early, you take 36, 36 months, three years, divide by 120, that's 30%. So if you're just going, hey, what's the level of impact on my social security decision? Um, th that's quite simply how you calculate that. Now, I want to go over spousal benefits because there's a big myth here that most people get off here. So I'm going to go over that in a second. Um, but before I do, I want to uh, uh, kind of share all of you one quick thought, which is most of you are reaching out. You're going to go like this to me. You're going to say, hey, I think I'm collecting earlier. Yeah, I know it's a smaller amount, but I'm going to get it for more years. I don't know how long I'm going to live. I did some break-even analysis and it looked like age 81 sounded pretty good. So that that's kind of what I'm thinking. But you know, there's another part of my brain that's going, maybe I collect later, maybe even age 70, which is the latest I can collect because I know that's my maximum benefit. And um, yeah, it's, I'm not getting it, you know, earlier. I'm kind of delaying on purpose, but I, I know I just, you know, from full retirement age to age 70, I get that 8% increase. So I really like that. So which one do you think I should do, Ari? And they'll ask me it like that. I go, I think it should have nothing to do with that analysis right there. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, is not exactly what it is? I go, okay, not nothing. But the premise here, what you're not asking is what makes most sense for a tax strategy perspective? Because most of you that are reaching out, you have a big RMD issue, which is required minimum distributions. You have a very healthy pre-tax balance. And if you turn on that social security benefit early, that's increasing your income, which makes it a whole lot less effective to do Roth conversions or other tax strategy. So I'll, I'll ask a client, I'll say, hey, what's health and life expectancy like in your household? And they'll say, you know what, not too great, but I'm still delaying. I want to maximize my benefit. I'll go, well, you know, if you pass in your late 70s, yes, you would have had a larger benefit, but you've had it for fewer years. So you would not come out on top. And they go, got it. So you're saying age 70. Thank you so much. I go, no, no, no. But based on your RMD projections, I actually like the idea of you collecting at this age, but I want your spouse to stagger it. And I want them to actually turn it on earlier. So yes, the answer is 70. And then they go, 
wait a second, like you're confusing me more here. I go, the premise of good social security planning is you don't marry anything. Meaning let's assume you're doing really effective Roth conversions in your late fifties or early sixties, which is where you move money from your IRA to your Roth IRA. You pay a little bit in taxes gladly to avoid a big tax bill in the future. You are lowering those required minimum distributions. The beauty of doing this is that if you do really effective tax strategy, you might find that age 62 or 63, you don't really need to do many more Roth conversions and you can turn on your income there. But if you're 57 right now and you're going, I'm going to retire early and I'm going to collect social security at full retirement. I, I'd say, Hey, maybe take a step back and, and just see how well you do with tax planning when you want to retire and base it off from there. For our brains, it's really nice to say, I'm going to collect at 62 or full retirement age or age 70. We kind of fall in those buckets when in reality, sometimes if, if, for example, markets are doing really well, we're going to have like a limit of Roth conversions that we're going to want to implement, but maybe not too much. And then I'll tell a client, we're going to want to turn on social security, but let's not turn it on until maybe 65 or 66. And are you open to being dynamic with that? And they'll say, yeah. And then this is a real life story. A client came to me and they like wanted the answer. They wanted like, tell me when to collect. We are going to be right back in just a second talking about everything you need to know to retire early with total confidence, but I need you all to know that if your financial strategy looks great through good tax planning or withdrawals or investments, everything I talk about on the show, but your actual physical health will not allow you to live your dream retirement, then all that financial stuff goes out the window pretty quickly. So today's episode is brought to you by Myo Detox, which takes a holistic approach to your body in the same way I take a holistic approach to your finances. Myo Detox is currently located in Canada, as well as primarily in Los Angeles. They have three locations. One, which is in Brentwood, which is where I go for all my soccer needs. Number two, they also have one in West Hollywood. And then finally, number three, they have one in Studio City. So I am reading this for Myo Detox because I personally go to Myo Detox. I love them. They have transformed my body. I am sleeping better. And I have clients that are telling me, hey, some people listen to Rocky when they go to the gym. Other people, like myself, I am just trying to prepare for retirement. I want to hike. I want to spend time with grandbabies. I don't want to be in pain. And that's why I'm recommending Myo Detox. Now, I do fully recognize that not all of you live in Los Angeles, so not all of you are able to work with Myo Detox, but I do invite you to start taking your health seriously through a holistic approach. And I find Myo Detox does a wonderful job of that for physical therapy needs. I personally go there weekly. They keep me accountable so that I can do everything I want to do. Once again, if you are looking for holistic guidance on your body, please do check out the link in the description of today's episode, and you will see a link you can click on, which will let you learn more about their services. Now let's get back to the show. I said, to be honest, I won't do it. And they're like, why not? I go, you'll see. Years kind of went by and they had a really scary health event. And they're like, oh my God, I don't know how long I'm going to live, but you know, Roth conversions, we did a good job already already of this already. Like, when should I turn it on? I go, let's do it right now. And they're like, but like, I, we, we kind of templated for retirement age. I go, that's right. Then you got this health diagnosis and I want you to collect this for as many years as possible. We did a good job with Roth conversions. We're still going to do more, but now is a really good time to turn it on. And here's the math behind that. And they go, oh my God, I get it now. And kind of preach to me to tell all my clients, don't marry your social security strategy. What you want to do is almost nothing wrong with having like a, hey, here's what I'm thinking about. Maybe I collect at 70 and my spouse collects at, you know, full retirement age. And, you know, whether it's a spousal benefit or something like that, we'll talk about in a second. But that's what most people want. They want like a template. Hey, in the back of my head, here's kind of what I'm planning on, which isn't bad. I actually like that. But then as long as you're open to being dynamic based on your specific plan, you can really optimize your 
taxes, okay? And, and how much you're going to put in your pocket at the end of the day. That is why you're asking that. Now, let's go to um, Social Security for a second because there's a big myth here um, that I want to bring up. So I'm just pulling something up on my screen right now. And it is in regards to this example that we often talk about. So what is a spousal benefit? A spousal benefit is essentially, let's assume that you've worked for 35 years and you can collect, what was the example here? Um, let's assume that your full retirement age benefit is $2,000 a month, okay? So let's assume, you know, my name's Ari, my partner's name is Alice. Let's assume I want to collect my full retirement age benefit at $2,000 a month. My partner can say, I want half of Ari's benefit for $1,000 a month. That's what she's eligible for. Now let's assume I waited until age 70. And now to keep numbers simple, I could collect 2,500 a month. So instead of 2,000, I collect 2,500 a month. Some people go, well, I'm going to do, my spouse is going to do the spousal benefit. So I'm going to get not half of 2,000. Alice is going to get half of 2,500. When in reality, that's not how that works. So the most a spouse is eligible for, it's half of my full retirement age benefit, never half of my age 70 benefit. So once again, half of my full retirement age, not my age 70 benefit. So Spousal benefits don't earn delayed retirement credits like the normal retirement benefits do. So those delayed credits from full retirement age until age 70, that's not how that works. So just want you to be aware of that. Um, one important detail here I, I always go over um, is when you are considering early retirement, it, it is a team decision. So well, let me take an example through you, uh, for you right now. So let's assume, you know, I'm going to collect full retirement age benefit of 2000 a month. And let's assume I'm married to my partner, Alice, and she has, you know, the ability to do a spousal benefit or her own. Um, what she might do is say, you know what? I like the idea of turning on my social security benefit fairly early, meaning her benefit in this example. So maybe she's going to turn on her own benefit for years that she works. She's a teacher right now. And so let's assume she wants to turn on her benefit of, let's just say 500 a month to keep it easy, starting at 62, which is the earliest she can collect. And I'm going to, you know, my 70 benefit is 2,500 a month. She might want to turn on her hers immediately and collect 500 a month every single month or 600, 6,000 a year every single year until age 70, when then I'm going to turn on my benefit. And then if God forbid I passed away at 71, she's now getting my benefit, the age 70 benefit of 2,500 a month for the rest of her retirement. So Oftentimes, Social Security, it is a team decision here. A staggered approach can be wonderful where someone can take a spousal benefit, but that spousal benefit in this example, Alice could not turn on that $1,000 a month benefit unless I actually turn on my benefit. So she cannot just say, you know what, Ari, I want you to delay until 70, but I want to collect half of your full retirement age benefit. It doesn't work that way. They have to actually turn it on. So that's the way Social Security income works in that end. Um, Always make sure um, if you are considering Social Security, that is in conjunction with your tax plan. That is the big thing that I'd say, number one thing most people overlook. They turn on Social Security and then they want to implement cool tax strategy. And at that point, Social Security is not making it as effective because it's increasing your income. It's the same reason with any type of planning and you want to retire early, you're looking at maybe a rule of 55 or 72T distribution um, just to kind of break out some myths there. Uh, rule of 55 is great. If you want to retire early and you have no brokerage account, no other way to pull income, no equity from a home, you can retire early. And at 55, you can avoid the 10% penalty if you decide to stay at your employer in 
or after the year that you turn 55, assuming that your plan allows for it. There are some instances where I've seen a plan not allow for it and someone went and retired and it was a nightmare because they had to go back to work um, because they were not able to actually use that rule. So don't let that be you. And then that's kind of how the rule of 55 works. So if you have a 401k at that company, you can't move it to an IRA. It has to stay there, but you get to avoid the 10% penalty. You still pay ordinary income taxes, but I don't love the rule of 55 unless there's no other options because then you can't really do a ton of effective tax strategy because that IRA, the 401k income, that will increase your income. The other thing to think through here, you may have heard of a 72T distribution. Really, it's not that. It's called Rule 72T in the IRS. That's like that's an internal revenue code, you know, numbers and letters, 72T. But it's substantially equal periodic payments, which is the concept that you go, hey, I have no other way to pull income. What you can do is you can essentially tell the IRS quite simply, hey, I I don't have any other way to pull income, but I want to retire early. So what I want to do is I want to absolutely mandate, and I'm okay with this, that I take out a certain payment every single year for five years at a minimum. And if you don't, there's penalties that come along with that. But the premise, quite simply, is you are saying, hey, I've got this you know, 401k or an IRA, and it depends. But if you want to take those funds, you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to take 60000 every single year. You can guarantee that. The reason I don't love it is because if you're doing good tax strategy because you're worried about RMDs or other things, it, it doesn't make it that effective. Meaning, yes, you're able to take that income, but if something changes and you turn out not to want to take that income, or if you forget, or if it's not exactly perfect, you're going to get hit with some big penalties. So none of these are bad options. I think they're all actually good options. That's why they exist. But just because something exists doesn't mean you want to use it. Too often, someone will come to me and it's, hey, I saw this fancy thing where I implement this strategy and then I use a third party and then I, I, you know, I operate that out of my neighbor's garage. Just kidding. They never say that, but you get my point here. Don't overcomplicate for the sake of overcomplicating. Now, if you want to retire early and we don't have all these other aspects of plans, um, your plan available, that's a different story. But hopefully this was helpful just to kind of go over that social security example, which is you saw at the very beginning, you know, it's a $200 benefit every single month that is being shifted for someone who has five zeros. If you have 10 zeros, it's a much larger impact. If you have fewer, it's even fewer. But, you know, it's quite simple. Don't just go retire early for the sake of retiring early, but also don't take the opposite approach, which a lot of people do. I'm just going to keep working just to maximize and get those full 35 years. That's another myth that I think people fall into. Yes, it's a smaller benefit, but it's not as if it's 2000 a month and five zeros make it 500 or a thousand a month. It's not that big of a drop off. So yeah, it's a few hundred bucks a month plan for it. But once again, the reason I do this show is not to kind of bring out and start doing rocket science. It's sometimes just, hey, validating, yeah, it's a few hundred dollars a month that is being changed if you decide that you want to retire early and there's some zeros in there. Don't let that dictate your dream life. So if you are looking for guidance on tax strategy, withdrawal, estate planning, it's what we love to do. And that's all I had for you guys today. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial, tax, or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.